We're always being guided on the journey. And even though it doesn't make sense at the time where we're going through the pain and the trauma, we're actually being course corrected, but we're also being asked to look at the shadow side of what's being brought up by that so that we can learn, evolve, grow, step into our self-power, step into our self-mastery. Welcome to Simply Woke, a podcast about awakening experiences. These are transformative events that connect us to our spiritual selves and personal truths. I'm Alessandra Johnston, and each week I speak with a new guest about how they woke up, or I share lessons learned from my own awakening journey. Hello, hello, and welcome to Simply Woke. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. I'm really excited to share today's episode. My guest today is Natalie Miles. She is a spiritual mentor, a psychic medium, and host of the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast. And I've been following her on social media for a while. She's a wonderful, warm individual, and her podcast is really great, especially if you're wanting to connect and harness your intuition, which is something that I personally really like to work on for sure. And we talked about a lot of things. We talked about what it's like to be a highly intuitive child growing up in a like-minded family. We talked about why crappy things happen and how they are often signs to redirect you on a different course. We talk about shadow work and lots about the dream state. And of course, we discuss how we can improve our intuition and allow it to guide us in our life. So now let's jump in to episode 18 with Natalie Miles. Thank you so much for chatting with me tonight. Thank you for having me. What does awakening mean to you? So it's funny, I don't use the word awakening. I love to describe it as a reactivation because I we're all born intuitive. We all have these gifts. And then what happens is, is that they get reactivated. So we go through times of trauma, of change, of upheaval, where we reach our rock bottoms and our lows. And then this reactivation process happens that we then get to- taken on this journey for us to reactivate the gifts that we were already born with. So we all have these amazing gifts and that's what like changes us and takes us on that journey. You, well, you say we're all born with gifts, but some of us, I feel like are more kind of naturally into it, if that's the right word. I don't know if that's the right word. No, completely the right word. I, yeah, most definitely I feel we are all intuitive and sometimes we can be at different levels of our intuitive journey. And that's also connected to what the soul has chosen to experience this time around. Like sometimes you might come in like super on fire with all your intuitive gifts and sometimes you'll have picked a different journey where there's some other struggles that have to happen, some other learning that has to happen before you get to that point where you're, you know, bring it in. And then for some people, you don't bring it in at all. But we do, we all have different levels of our intuitive gifts. And so that's decided before we're born by our soul, is what you're saying. 
Interesting, because I've never been asked that as a question. Um, does our soul choose our intuitive gifts of where we can? I'm a big believer that we can all up level in a certain way. But do you know how the the amazing where you see these kids age five and they come in and they're like Mozart, mm-hmm. and then they or they come in and they have these amazing singing voices, or they're like super intellectual and they know so much. And it's like, how do you know all this stuff? And it's insane. Yes, they're amazing. And I describe it that they've basically come in with the gifts that they've had in past lives and they've just come through quicker. That makes sense. And then there's, are they kind of remembering something from their past life? Again, it's that reactivation. They are reactivating something that they already know that's inside of them, that they have these skills and, the, and, and these gifts, whether it's a singer or an actor or a gymnast or an amazing sport. You know, you see these kids who are like karate black belts at the age of six and they have this like fierce poise and you're like where does that come from yes no I've often wondered that too just like why do some children because I'm an educator so I work with children all the time and so I have yet to meet somebody who had one of those like crazy talents but obviously Mm -hmm. I've seen them but I know in terms of like children are obviously more naturally intuitive because they're closer to their original state state and you were one of these children that would see things can you tell us about the first time that you, you saw your spirit guide? Yeah, so she appeared at the end of my bed aged five and she uh, was basically came through and just said, hey, I'm here to guide you, I'm here to protect you, I'm here to take you on this journey. And yeah, it was a really, it was an experience I remember. It's kind of one of those when you're in, awake state dream state as a kid and it's like is this really real is this happening like one of those moments but it it always stayed in my mind's eye it always stayed as part of me but as a kid my mom's psychic my sister's psychic but it wasn't as if you know I wasn't the kid going around telling people and giving them messages and and telling them this is going to happen to you or this is what I feel like. It wasn't really like that. It was more a case of I, straight up as a kid, I was actually used to get really frustrated and kind of really angry because I I could see and I could understand what was going on around me, but I couldn't express the feelings or the words and I couldn't communicate it properly. And I also could see... um, adults behaving in a certain way or emotions that were unsaid, you know, emotions that were unsaid and I could see them. So as a kid, when you're seeing all these adults, you know, not really saying what they mean or seeing a situation as one thing and seeing it, getting the intuitive hit that it's another, it kind of can really kind of get in, well, it made me really frustrated um, as a kid. Because you were able to read the situation and you weren't, and you didn't have the words to express what was going on. Yeah. Or, you know, who wants to listen to a seven-year-old telling you or getting involved and saying, well, why is this happening? Like, let's look at this. Let's look at what what the emotions are behind this. And they're like, who is this seven-year-old that wants to like, let's deconstruct this. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, and at the time, I just, you know, I never thought that that was connected to spirit. I never thought that that was connected to my intuition. I had crazy dreams. I used to go on, I used to go, um, on journeys. I used to lucid dream. And I thought that that's what everyone did in their Mm. dream state. 
Um, and then when I shared some of my dreams, it suddenly became very clear that um, they, they weren't normal, normal dreams. And did you, how did people react to your telling them about certain things? I think, do you know, do you know how adults sometimes when a kid tells them something, it's like, oh, really lovely. Oh, okay. And that, that's nice. Um, yeah. And, but my, my mom, my, my parents were really supportive. My mom was really supportive and she kind of encouraged us. She was a great listener and she encouraged us to have those intuitive conversations and she would hold space for it. Because you mentioned that your mom was psychic. So did she have these abilities also growing up? So when you would tell her, would she recognize certain things that had happened to her and was seeing it in you? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it was, do you know when you're in something and you, it's only when you look back at something that you gain perspective on that? As a kid, I wouldn't have said my mom was psychic. I wouldn't have said my mom was intuitive, probably because I didn't have the words for it. But I knew that if one of us talked about um, or me and my sister, if one of us talked about someone appearing at the end of the bed, or if we were talking about a negative energy that appeared in our dream state and we wanted to talk about it, it was the space was held. Um, yeah, the space was held for that. And okay. she, yeah, it's interesting when, and then it was when I was like older, when I was like 16, 17, my mum was going to psychic circles and growing her intuition. And that's when she was like, Hey Nat, do you want to, um, do you want to come with me? Do you want to learn how to give messages? And I was like, sure. Yeah, let's do that. But it's interesting. I, um, we got a dog when I was, how old was I? 14, 15. And he was massively part of our family reactivation process. Like he was a very, um, spirit dog. He's such a spirit human in a, in a dog. And he really, um, was part of that reactivation process as a family. Um, in what way? Hmm. He, um, he injured his paw. So I used to be a rower. I used to row a lot. I used to be a semi-professional rower in another lifetime. Uh, it feels like another lifetime ago. And um, when I was rowing, um, again, I was about 14, 15. He was a puppy. And they'd come to watch me race. And the coaches um, go, along the side of the, um, go along the side of the river on bikes, on push bikes really fast. And Billy, he was off the lead and he ended up getting caught up in one of the wheels of the coach's bikes. Yeah. And, um, oh, no. He, yeah. And so what happened was he ended up breaking, breaking his paw at a really young age, like at a puppy. He was like six months. He was really young. But what that meant was my mom started doing Reiki on the dog and started bringing in energy healing into the dog. And she noticed that when we were, she was around the dog, her hands used to get really warm. And so she suddenly like, it was interesting that that happened. And then I, I remember mom being like, watch this. And, and with the puppy being on the floor and then feet, and she would show me and, and show like the energy coming from her hands and how we had this like cold floor, like a cold, like a, yeah, it's like a, uh, tiled flooring but where we were doing the work it was the flooring was really warm and everything else was like really cold and so she was showing me around how you could heal and use the energy to heal the dog and obviously it worked yeah yeah he he really bounced back 
Um, he had operations, but his healing and how his mobility that he had in his leg did never slowed him down. And he lived to, um, I think, 14, 15. And yeah, he had a he had a good lifestyle. And so he was this one of the first times that you got you started to kind of reactivate because had you you so did you ever kind of shut it down completely? What do you mean by shut it down completely? I guess because you know you had these experiences as a child, mm-hmm. and then because yeah. I I don't know if, about you, but I know some people who have experiences as children, and then they get reprimanded or they get scared or whatever, and then yeah. they choose to close it off. I don't think I chose. I don't think I made a conscious decision to close it off. I think it was just. Um, circumstance that I then became focused on other things that I knew it was always in the background and that I was kind of naturally working with my intuition without realizing it I think it was just something that was like my guides are working with me in the background of things everyone used to always say oh Nat you're really lucky things just line up for you or they'd say you always bump into people like you always have these crazy like synchronicitous moments where you're on the other side of the world and you bump into someone or you're on the tube in London going to work and you bump into two friends on the way. Like things used to happen to that all the time. And people, my friends would be like, this is, this only, this happens to you so often. So you always knew. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's been around. Yeah, massively. It's always, it's always been there. And it's, it, it comes up at times when I'm either, like connecting to new people that are also really gifted. There was a friend of mine at university um, in my early 20s that it came back up again in my early 20s when we were living together. And she, yeah, we would talk about intuition. And I was like, oh, I haven't talked, I haven't spoken about this for a while. But with some friends and, and life in general, yeah, it was just massively like in the background. So then what was the kick in the butt or the life boulder, as you say, that really kind of shook it all open? And- yeah. So for me, the big life boulder that I, you know, there have been multiple life boulders. I think when I wasn't listening, I think um, the first one was during my Saturn return, just before I turned 30, I had a, an ending of a five-year relationship that kind of really rocked my core but it was looking back it was just I was so in I wasn't being me I wasn't being authentic my values of what I wanted I was being very focused on a career that I had in film and you know having the house and them um, getting married and having children and I, I just it it wasn't aligned with that person and I did I had life boulders that came in where just giving me a heads up. So for example, I know when I'm being asked to look at things, spirit bring in water. So I've been flooded a couple of times in a couple of years. Yeah, they they really give me the message. They it, it's like, okay, yeah. Um I had a week I, I had a week where I got mugged in London and my apartment got flooded. Oh yeah, it was a really big week. And it was a time, and then the the partner that I was with for five years also broke up with me that week. Oh, and then we, yeah, it was lovely, <laughs> but we got back together again. That was the thing. I didn't listen. I got back to, you know, I got yeah. back together with him. And then we ended up getting flooded in our house, in our apartment together, in our flat in London. And when the, basically when that, 
when we got flooded, it was basically the beginning of the end of our relationship. We then had a car drive. So we got flooded. And then six months later, we had a car drive through our living room. Oh, yeah. It was really big messages. Yeah. When I look back now, it's just, when I talk about this stuff, I just kind of laugh because I did, I, I was so not listening. So you feel that life or your spirit or, or your guides will send you messages through the form of potentially destructive or, or bad yeah. things happening as a way to kind of redirect you. Yeah. And they're perceived bad things. So at the time, oh my gosh, yeah, like you're in it. And then when you're looking back, it's like, oh, that makes sense. There was another one when in my early 20s, I was in Australia and I loved Australia. I was so happy. I was working on a dive boat. Um, That sounds lovely. It was amazing. I was cleaning. I was cooking. I was working on the boat. I was in bare feet in short. It was, I was just living a really simple life. I didn't have my bag of my stuff, like clothes. I was just, it was amazing. And they offered me uh, my sponsorship. They're like, Nat, um, we'd love you to train and we'll train you to be a dive instructor. Who's, who's, is the Australians? Yeah. So oh. I was working for a company oh, okay. and they said, we'll, we'll sponsor you. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And I, um, I said yes. And then I fell ill the day after, which then led me to be in hospital, which then led me to going back to the UK. And that was the end of that. And that was the end of that. And how I look back at it now is that they were very much like, nope, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Nope, this isn't the relationship. And they, I'm, we're always being guided. We're being guided on the journey. And even though it doesn't make sense at the time where we're going through the pain and the trauma, we're actually being course corrected, but we're also being asked to look at the shadow side of what's being brought up by that so that we can learn, evolve, grow, step into our self-power, step into our self-mastery, and really learn to love and connect with ourselves again and really shift around where are we giving our power away and where can we, you know, where are we supposed to be? And that's why these moments come in. Yes. Yes. No, I totally agree with you. When you speak about shadow work, Mm. I haven't spoken with anybody about shadow work Mm. uh, yet. And so shadow work is, is basically, my understanding of it is, is really facing the parts of yourself that you don't really want to look at. Oh yeah. But you need to, because it's a part of who, who you are. And it's part of, it's part of it's accepting it, isn't it? Completely. It's, uh, acceptance is a really key part of it because where there's light, there's dark and it resides in all of us. And, you know, we have a balance of all those emotions and feelings that run through us. And so when we look at these triggers and we look at the cycles and the patterns also of our shadow that can self-sabotage ourselves, where we talk ourselves out of success, where we create the blocks and the limiting beliefs, we need to look at that and where they come from in the shadow, which is, you know, connected to where, you know, growing up as a child, but also ancestrally, you're also carrying on the shadow work that needs to be done from the stories of the ancestors that you're also carrying on in this lifetime. So it is this amazing blend of really looking at those 
parts of yourself that you keep away so that you can shine the light on them, acknowledge, accept, and learn from them so that when you do get triggered and they shall, you know, it's not a case of, oh, I'm going to heal my shadow and it's never going to appear again. It's a daily process. Mm -hmm. Like how often do you go through the day and we kind of shit talk ourselves? Like, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I today was I was in I was in such a funk today and I was trying like what is going on with me? And generally speaking, I'm pretty good at finding the thoughts that trigger me for whatever reason, but today I would just I'm like I don't know what it is. Oh, and, I can tell it's 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 energetically today. Trust me. Oh, I is feel, it okay? Oh, yeah. No, it really is. I I woke up this morning and I was in such a funk and it was only until I went to the gym and moved my body that I managed to defunk myself. Okay, because I think that's what I needed to do and I didn't do it. And I, I that's exactly it. I was like I didn't meditate and I didn't work out and okay. Yeah. And maybe energetically today it's all about and this week it's about it's been about um power okay. it's been about who's in who's in charge the pa- the power element but it's also been bringing up old talking about shadow it's been bringing back bringing up the old shadow ways and being like are you going to learn from it are you going to change it are you going to bring in the new ways of thinking and um yeah it's been a and dream state this week as well has been nutty where everyone's been having lots of people have been having crazy dreams about old situations and old people and um people recurring in their dreams and it's like why are all these old people coming up and it's you're being asked to look at the patterns around it that's so funny because I had this dream a few days ago of an old high school friend me too that I don't and I'm just like, and the, my, the whole night I felt like I dreamt about her. And I'm like, I don't know why. I've had, uh, same here. I've been dreaming about old school friends all week. And it hasn't been about anyone current. It's all been about old school friends who have been appearing. And I'm like, this is really crazy. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. No, I we just... dream as a collective. We dream as a collective. So even though we think that we're all having individual dreams, we actually have a, you know, we all are experiencing very similar things on a, on a dream state together. So if you're lying next to someone, oh yeah, you'll be having either similar dreams or you'll be, you know, you'll be in that same energy potentially together or there'll be similar themes. But then you think of where we all are together on a global collective or dreaming it's there are themes and patterns that go through it really mm-hmm. that's crazy so do you remember all your dreams like when you mm-hmm. wake up yeah I can get really detailed into um I travel so much when I sleep that I have to be very aware that I'm not exhausted when I come back around because I can spend the whole night traveling to a point where this has become a thing where my partner he I I, I get so hot and I radiate so much heat when I sleep. He actually, like, he he can't come near me because I'm I'm channeling and I'm traveling in my sleep. So when you say travel, you mean astral traveling? Um, no, I like to describe it like I'm lucid lucid dreaming traveling. So I I will take myself. Yeah, I mean, I'm not consciously doing astral traveling, but I will be out of my body and I will be going to see people or are we going to have other experiences so for example when friends be like message me oh you came in my dream last night and you told me this message and this message and this message and it all made complete sense and I'm like okay cool and I've realized that some of my dreams that I have I'm giving messages in my dream state 
two people and I'm channeling with the dream within the dream. It's kind of very um, inception orientated. Yeah, it can get a bit crazy. But I can change my dreams. So I change them. So if I'm in a dream and I don't like it or I want something else to happen, I will make a conscious thought and be like, okay, no, let's change it and let's make this happen instead. And then it all shifts around and it happens. And you won't wake up? No, I don't wake up. Really? Because yeah. anytime I've recognized that I dream, which is not frequent, but I'll wake up. Like I can't stay in that uh, state. And I don't often remember my dreams. Like I'm not a crazy so if you want to remember your dreams, ask your guides, really like, uh, so set the intention before you sleep and say, I really want to remember my dreams. Please bring them through. Please bring me messages in my dreams and they will bring you messages. And then I'm a big fan of having a book by your bed so that even if you remember the most weirdest thing or an image or a word or a feeling, or sometimes that also triggers the other flow of what happened and so when you start to keep a dream journal you're then beginning to see the patterns because in the end you're getting messages through your dream state even so what doesn't make sense Mm. or seemingly doesn't make sense when you start to catalog it you then be like oh okay this is the theme that keeps coming through here I need to what does this mean what are you trying to tell me I always have, I have water in my dreams all the time. It's crazy. And I don't, didn't realize it until I started writing it down. I was like, there's always some body of water or form of water. I, I used to dream about water a lot. Not, and there was always dark, scary water with filled often with dead fish, mm-hmm. which is kind of, I haven't for a very long time though, had those, those dreams, but as a, as a child and as a teenager, Mm -hmm. a lot like that's what I anyways that's what I and that's why we're talking about it because the message that I'm getting through to give to you is that you're you that they want to give you messages in your dream state they want to open you up in your dream state but there's that fear or block of oh my gosh I don't want to have those dreams like I had in the past when I was really connecting to my intuition or I was opening up and I don't want to receive that they're just saying like open yourself up to be in that space where you feel safe and that's why calling in your guides and asking for protection it before you sleep is important as well and just say hey ground and protect me while I sleep but I'm hey I'm down for some messages and I'm down for some dreams okay I will try because cool. you know what I tried today as because I was listening to your I was listening to your podcast and you about spirit guides and the parking thing yes asking your guides for a parking and so I was, I was going to the drugstore I was like okay I want I want a spot right in front of the drugstore and lo and behold, as soon as I pull, this woman is pulling out right in front. I was like, woohoo. Right. And you trusted. And it was like, no, I'm not going to park two blocks away when there is one. I was like, I'm going to drive right to the front. And it's so insane when it comes, it just is like, ding. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. Right in front. Yes. No, I do. I'm, I'm getting better because this whole world is very new to me. It's like, it will be two years in the spring because my reactivation or awakening just was quite boom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I know like my, and then my son has a very strong connection with his spirit guide. And so that's something that I'm kind of learning to through cool. him. Yeah. And kids are such amazing teachers. Like they have, they will guide us and show us and and give us all that learning. And it is when we see them in that state of 
because as kids, their imagination is so on point and they will, they don't have any blocks around their imagination and they will create. And in the end, one of my big things around connecting to your intuition is use your imagination, like actually use your imagination because it's how you imagine is also how you will visually or feel or see the messages or the intuitive guidance that comes in. So then I kind of perceive imagination as the bridge between the seen and the unseen. But then at the same time, like it's hard to know when is it, when are you, when is it your mind or your ego making it up versus spirit telling you? Yeah. And that is just practice and trust. The more you trust it, the more you trust the imagery that's coming in. And again, that's why I love to share how does it feel in your body? Does it feel aligned? Does it feel like a message that lights you up and gives you that sparkle and that tingle where it feels like, yes, like it's a hell yes versus a hell no. But it's that trusting because I say that the intuition is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more you trust it, the more messages that you're going to receive. And that imagination element is just also noticing where your mind wanders and noticing what that is. And that imagination element taps you into a lot of the time we'll receive visuals um, as a message like you might see something or you know as you grow and you develop your intuition and that's why that imagination bit is key because we shut that part of our brain down and again as you talked about it comes very egocentric or it becomes very mind-centric versus the imagination being very heart-centered and you just trusting and allowing the imagery that wants to flow in. And that's why, yeah, really like allowing yourself to be imaginative or allowing that creative life force to flow through you is really, really important. And what kind of, do you have any exercises or tips for people who want to perhaps practice their intuition? Yeah, so a couple of my main ones is... um, really cultivating your relationship with your spirit guides and actually asking them to step forward. Actually, they're the gateway to the, they are the gateway to your intuition. I find that connecting with your guides is an, is the, an easier way to receive messages and guidance. Um, and so ask them to step forward. Like a lot of the time they'll hang out in the background and it's about you asking them to step forward so that you can, and say like, Hey, I'm ready to feel your energy. I'm ready to work with you. And I want to, I want you to show me signs that I'm on the right path. I have an owl for my sign of I'm on the right path. I'm on the right track. And you can pick a sign that just feels good. So like, would you, would you suggest saying, I want to see a black crow when I'm, or when Mm -hmm. I'm on the right, or would you wait to see what they give you? Good question. So you can do it two ways. I you can do it as a as a meditation where when you ask them to step forward, you you can say out louder in your head, "What is my sign?" And you go and you trust the word that you hear, the image that you see, or the first thing that pops up into your mind, and get them to give it to you. I mean, that's how I would do it because it's more intuitively driven. Because it might take you by surprise, but also it's not that your ego mind is like, no, I want my sign to be an owl or I want my sign to be a wolf, but spirit give you, you know, uh, um, a, a magical pink flower or even like the color orange. It can be really abstract, but it's go with what feels good in your body. Like go with what feels good 
So it really is about re- listening, like tapping back into your body and becoming kind of more whole, whole, I suppose. Connected. Yeah. Connected and listening to the feelings, listening to the emotions, listening to those imaginative thoughts, noticing where your mind wanders. A lot of the time, do you know when you're, you're thinking about someone and then they call and, but you notice it, you notice where you're, you know, you were thinking about something. A lot of the time our intuitive messages just comes from those, those seeds that get planted or we notice where our thoughts are going. And that's how I love to do it. I have a, uh, another example of connecting is you can connect to your guys in the shower. And so the shower is awesome because it's just a great place to say, Hey, what do I need to know today? And you just see where your mind wanders, see where it goes and they'll give you advice and guidance of what you need to know for the day ahead. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it is. It, it is all just about trusting it. Cause that's where I'm, it's a huge struggle for me. And I'm sure you hear this a lot with, with the people that you work with yeah. is, is exactly like trusting and just knowing what the feelings are. And cause sometimes I'll get like, sometimes I'll get a tingle on my head but it happens at yeah. really random times and I can't find the pattern. I'm kind of like, okay, why is my head? T- I've noticed that it definitely, like if I'm in a meditative state or definitely if I'm journaling, it will tingle like crazy. And then other times mm-hmm. I may just be, you know, washing the dishes and a tingle will happen and I can't figure yeah. it out. Do you know why when you're washing the dishes is because you're in that space of noticing and calmness and you've taken that pause because when we're actually, when you were washing up, you were in a really mindful state where you were taking that pause and that moment and that 10 minutes to yourself. And so what happens is, is that tingle on the top of your head is your guys letting you know that they're around and that you're in that state to receive. And so we all have these feelings and sensations and the reactivation symptoms as well that happens. And a lot of that is connected to the crown chakra that then gets um, illuminated and our guys then continue can continue to use that and we all have these different feelings and sensations which is why when your guys when you ask your guys to step forward just notice where the fingle the tingles or feelings or sensations are in your body like yours is the tingle on your head but also it can be connected to you can ask your guides to show you yes or show you no and so they might be making your head tingle because they're asking they're giving you a yes sign or they're giving you a you know I need to watch out for something or so you can also use it in that way too. Hmm. That's cool. But it is the subtle nuances. It is those small things. Because so often we're thinking there's going to be this voice of God that's going to come in and is going to be like, this is what you need to do. And this is the message. And it doesn't work like that. Sometimes you'll come, they'll come in and give you that really, but nine times out of 10, it's the subtle nuances. It's the subtle small things. So you saw them as a child. Do you still see them? Yes. Okay. And when you see them, is it with your physical eyes? Because I've heard that it's like, because I have a friend who kind of had a a reawakening and she saw a spirit at the foot of her bed. And she said, Mm -hmm. I could see it with my eyes, but it wasn't my eyes. Yeah. So it's a great way. Um, so how I'll describe it is it's like looking through your eyes, but you're looking through your third eye and how it is, it's a projection. So it's like being in a matrix where it's a projection of the person stood in front of you that your eyes, it's like you're looking with your two eyes, 
but you're also looking and projecting from your third eye in between your eyebrows. And so it becomes this, I'm seeing with my eyes, but I can also see it in my head, which is why imagination is really key because how you paint a picture in your head when if you were to shut your eyes and someone said, what does this house look like? You would imagine what the house outline looks like, right? If someone says, what do, or, you know, imagine the childhood home that you grew up in and you can see the outside of it, you instantly get that image of the childhood home in your mind's eye. It's exactly the same. So when you see that guide that stands in front of you, it's exactly like you're imagining the childhood home, but you're seeing them stood in situ in the surroundings, but it has like a, it's like a hologram or it's like a projection. So there's like, like a see-through quality almost? It can be like that. Oh, you, I mean, I, you can, they, it doesn't feel like 3D. It doesn't feel like someone is actually like stood there. Like I can ask them to turn around and I'll see it. But for me, it's more like flat 2D, but versus like, I'm like, they're there physically in the space. Yeah. See, I, I, I don't know how I would feel if I saw, I think I would get very freaked out by it. But you didn't as a child felt love and warmth. Because I felt the the guide, my my main guide. So we all have one main guide that's with us from the moment we're born until the moment we're, we pass over. And they're here to guide us, protect us, love us, show us and take us on this journey, this life journey and help us. And yeah, for me, when I when I connected with her, because they have such infinite love for her, um, infinite love for us, um, and I just felt her warmth and her tenderness. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, like it, it didn't feel scary. It kind of just felt like straight up. And as a kid, when you've been growing up watching Disney movies, it just felt like you know my like a Disney princess. My fairy, my fairy godmother had my fairy godmother had appeared at the end of my bed and was just like, "Hey, Nat, let's do this." That's amazing. I had an imaginary pet dragon as a kid. I love it. And do you think it was imaginary because dragons are real? And actually, a lot of the time as kids, we have imaginary friends, and they're so not. They're really actually like real beings and entities that as kids were being open to. And your dragon was shown to you because that was part of you needed that. But it's it's definitely something in the spirit world. I think so now too, mm. because I I I had it's so bizarre because I do I the memories like I have these memories of spending time with her and mm-hmm. and so now now I like to think that she's still kind of protective. Is this protective energy? Oh yeah, um, I do a great. Uh, a dragon meditation where you get to meet your dragon. Oh, um, and hilariously, part of that um, meditation um, came into my latest noticing feeling guided meditation that's connected to my website, where you're noticing things through um, being on the back of a dragon flying through the air. So and getting to meet your dragon. So you, that you might need to do that. One I think time. so. I think I need to totally check out that meditation. <laughs> I think you need to send me the link, please. Dragons are really, you'll get so much guidance from dragons. Like dragon energy is really massively transformational and they'll give you so much messages and guidance and they'll really help you step into your power. All right. Well, then I will, I will get back in touch with that, that aspect for sure. Mm -hmm. It's time to, I think it's time for me to, to do that. Embrace the dragon. (laughs) Yes. 
So if somebody wants to learn more about you online, where can, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I am Natalie Miles. You can find me at my website, natalie-miles.com. Miles spelled as in the distance, M-I-L-E-S. Um, and then you can also find out more about me on my podcast. So you think you're intuitive, which is basically a podcast to basically help you reactivate, guide and um, trust your intuition. And I have guests talking about in their intuition and yeah, it's kind of taking you on a journey and you can find it's all on all major podcast platforms and there's a website too. So you think you are intuitive.com. And it's a great podcast. I am enjoying it. Thank you. I love doing it. So it's so much fun. I love sharing the episodes every week. And it's fun. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. Well, it's been a pleasure to chat. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a wonderful conversation. So. Growing up, I never considered myself to be intuitive. Imaginative, yes. Creative, yes. But when other people said that they always trusted their gut, I felt pang in my gut because my first thought was always, I wish. I wish I could trust myself. And through my whole awakening process, or as Natalie says, reactivation, this notion of trusting myself became such an important part of my life because all of a sudden I learned that I was in fact intuitive and that I do receive intuitive nudges and guidance. And all I had to really do was learn to trust. And trusting myself is, and especially was, really hard because it was something that I never did. I just didn't practice trusting myself. And because I would constantly focus on my failures as opposed to looking at my achievements, I would just look at my failures and see, well, and look and say, well, yeah, look how you screwed up again. So that really hampered with me trusting myself. But finally allowing myself to open, to receive and to trust what I've been given has been life-changing. Reconnecting to that part of me that was always there has been such a blessing. And learning how to connect with spirit in all its forms helps us to balance out our energies and we live a happier, more fulfilling life. And that brings us to the end. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please take a minute to rate and review it. I love reading what you guys have to say and I love hearing from you. So please keep the messages coming. It just makes me so happy and puts a smile on my face. And also, if you have a friend who needs to start trusting himself or herself, then send them this episode to have a listen. Thanks again, and in light and love, I'll see you next week.